Well, here we are. It's the Sunday before Christmas. And, uh, you know, it seems like everywhere you turn, we see the word believe. You know, you almost think Macy's has a trademark on the word because they have their big parade and believes on their building and everything. You know, that was something yesterday we were watching Hallmark, believe it or not. And there was a Macy's Macy's commercial, and it said Macy's.com forward slash believe. I thought they even have the website for it. But, uh, you know, the Lord really has been over the past week ministering to my heart about this this word. And it's not anything new. I, I can't say just this past week. It's probably been for some time now, almost a month. I've been meditating on, on this word believe. And we've been talking over the past few weeks, we've, we've been talking about uh, our core values and we talked about family. And uh, But today, with it being the Sunday before Christmas, we're just five days away. Is that insane or what? Man, I uh, have been meditating on this word, and something the Lord really spoke to my heart. He woke me up with this verse in my, in my heart, and it's Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, and it says this, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. We believe... And therefore, we speak, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And you know, we sang the song, I still believe that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I I wonder, and here's my thing, please hear my heart. I wonder how many times do we just sing things? And Josh came up and, uh, and said, while I was, you know, just, I was wrecked. That one song, that hallelujah song just messes me up. Golly, Pete, we'll probably get Mel to sing that again before we leave. She doesn't know that yet, but I'll get somebody to inform her. <laughs> but uh, he came up and he said, we have to believe that he is today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13, 8. But it says, I still believe that, that he's the same today. And uh, isn't, that what it, isn't that what you said? Right now, right now, not just today, right now. That we have to believe that he, that's who he is right now. So as I've been this past week meditating on that, and then Josh came up and shared that, and then Sam shared what he said, um, I just thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit. Because here in chapters, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the thing that the Lord's just really been speaking to my heart about, in the context of this passage of Scripture, Paul writing said, we, we, uh, he's quoting an Old Testament Scripture, he said, we believed uh, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. And the Lord really highlighted some stuff that I've maybe touched on before in the past, but never really allowed it to soak deep down into my spirit. And that's this. What we really believe, we speak. What we really believe, we speak. No one has to talk us into it. What we really believe, we speak, whether it be a product. You know, I'm an Apple fan. I like all things Mac. Didn't used to be that way. I was anti-Mac. I was PC all the way. And then after an 1112th crash, I said, let me try Mac. I'm just kidding. 
I, I believe in Mac. I don't know all the intricacies of Mac. I can't, I don't even do everything that can be done by my computer, by my iPad, by my uh, phone. I don't do everything that can be done. I don't use them to their fullest potential, but I believe in them because they've been true to me. They've done what they said they would do, and they've been steady. They've been faithful. So I will talk about Mac to anybody. I'm not a Mac expert, right? So if you've got Mac questions, don't come to me. Call Apple. <laughs> but I, I believe in it, so I'll talk about it. I'm the type of person, if I believe in something, I'll talk about it. And it's not just me. I've noticed just in observation, anyone, when they really believe something, it's what comes out of their mouth. And you know what's amazing that that, what I've noticed, is we can know truth but still speak what we believe. There's a big difference. We can know truth, but we still speak what we believe. And the, the word says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that abundance of the heart is that place, those things that are rooted and settled in us. You know, and we see it, like I said, right now. Everything, almost every commercial, every TV show, especially if you're watching the Hallmark Channel, it has something to do with believing, and a lot of them are about believing Santa Claus and, and believing he's coming and, and all those things. But in the underneath of all of it is what we believe, we will communicate. If we believe that we're defeated, guess what we'll talk? We'll talk defeat. You know, I can prove it. The, ten, the 12 spies went in to the promised land. Uh, he, Moses sent them in to spy out the promised land. They came back. Two had a good report, and ten had a what? Evil report is what the way. It wasn't just bad. It was evil. It was, it was evil. <laughs> but what did they say? What did the ten say? I shared this with someone this week. It says, we were as grasshoppers in their sight, as we were, in our sight, as we were in their sight. Let me quote it right. He said, we were as grasshoppers in our sight as we were in their sight. So what did the ten see? They saw giants, and they saw themselves small, correct? It's not a trick question. They saw giants, and they saw themselves small. What, they, what God had promised them, you know what's amazing when you study that? When they went in, the, the people's hearts had already failed them because they heard about who was coming. They heard that these were the people who God had split the Red Sea for. That's pretty amazing, right? Split the Red Sea. They knew who was coming, but the, the children of Israel, they saw themselves. The ten spies saw themselves as grasshoppers. Instead of seeing that God sent someone so much bigger, had someone so much bigger than them prepare something bigger than they could prepare themselves. I mean, imagine that. They walked out with a, with a cluster of grapes on a pole between two of them because they were so big. But all they could say is, we're like grasshoppers. What were the facts? What had God said? He said, go spy out the land I have what? Given to you. Did they believe that? Was it true? But they didn't believe it. And I've noticed that we can be educated. We can educate ourselves. We can indoctrinate ourselves with truth. But what we really believe is what we speak. We can know that we're supposed to love others. I shared last week in John, what did he say in John's gospel? 
by this shall all men know what? You're my disciples if you what? Love one another. He said, by this, everyone's going to know you're my disciples if you love one another. I, I, loved I shared this with my wife this morning. We were talking. My, this new Bible program I got, which is pretty stinking awesome, it has illustrations in it. And uh, I know what's in here. There was this illustration by Michael Green, and he said this, this past year, so I want you to meditate on this. This past year, if someone had given you $10 for every kind word you spoke about other people, yet they asked for $5 every time you spoke bad about someone, would you be richer or poorer at the end of the year? If they give you $10 every time you say something nice, but you have to give them $5 every time you say something negative, would you be richer or poorer at the end of the year? See, this thing that we call believing is attached directly to this thing called a tongue. And we can know right things. We've talked about here, we've talked about the importance of a true New Testament prophetic word is to speak to somebody's destiny. It's not to see the dirt, it's to see the gold that's on the inside of them. But you know what a propens our propensity is? It's to talk about what, where they've missed it instead of who God sees them as. And we have to understand that this tongue, because of what Jesus, how God created us, let's just look there. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. This is Christmas, but we're going to go to the book of beginnings. Verse 26. Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said... Isn't that awesome? God didn't just ponder it in his heart. What did he do? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let me ask you this question before we go any further. Do you think that God meant what he said when he said what he said? That's a pretty good safe bet, right? That when God said it, he meant what he said. Okay, he said, let us make man according to our light. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over, what's that? All the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God did what? He said again to them. So he spoke to man. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and do what? Subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we start in verse 26, and he said, God said, I'm going to create man in my image, in our image, according to our likeness. And I'm going to let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps. So God created man. So God said... Right? I'm going to create, let's create man in our image. And here's what man's going to look like. He's going to have authority over everything. That's what God said, right? He said that. Then he did what he said. He created man. Then what did God do again? Once he had created man, he said what he said to them. So they would know what he said. 
That's good, right? It's simple. So God says to man, this is who you are. He didn't assume that man would know. He said, this is who you are, who you are. And so he said, God said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You know, there are different thoughts about the fall of man and, I mean, about the fall of creation, and there's this gap theory that says that God created the earth and it was good, and then Satan fell from heaven, and there were all these years, and they used that to say, well, that's how some of the carbon dating says that things are a million years old because things could, it could have been a million years from when the earth was good until when Satan fell. We don't know. There's no way of knowing that. I know this carbon dating is, is faulty. Uh, you can't prove anything by carbon dating. You can carbon date two different two pieces of material from the same thing, and one can be millions of years older than the other. That's fact, scientific fact. But <clears throat> he said that he created them, and he said, subdue the earth and have dominion over it. And so some of those who believe in the gap theory say what God was saying when he said subdue it said that he created the earth good. When Satan came, the earth wasn't good anymore. But he said, man, you're going to subdue the earth. And as you, as you multiply over the earth, you're going to take dominion back over what Satan has corrupted, which makes sense, which I can, I'm good with that. And he said, so I want you to multiply and take authority back over the earth because it's already yours. A baby changes everything. Galatians chapter 4. That's 3. Chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So God is saying again, God said in Genesis, here's how I created you. Here's what I made you to look like. I made you to look like me, that you're going to have dominion over everything, that, that this is who you were created to be. And then man fell he fell, and he took on a sin nature, which was separated from God, and God said, I've got a plan. Before the foundation of the earth, I had a plan, and I was going to send my son. And Galatians 4 says, at the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. You know what the fullness of time was, I believe, and, and most theologians support me? <laughs> it's what took God all those years to get Jesus here, 4,000 years, was that God said, this is what's going to happen, and it took man's declaration for it to come to pass. Because it said every prophecy that was given about Jesus was fulfilled. So for 4,000 years, God had to work through men to prophesy who was coming and what it would look like. And at the appointed time, Galatians 4, 4 says, when the fullness of time, when the last prophetic word was given, it said, this is exactly what Jesus will look like. God said, all right, it's time. He can come. Because I created man to speak and to create. And through their prophecies, the Son of Man was created in the fullness of time to come. Does that make sense? That's beautiful. And when, when the fullness of time came, God said, All right, Jesus, it's time for you to go. It's time for you to go to redeem man, to, bring, to buy back what I 
created for them to have, basically. I want you to give back to them. So this, this baby, Jesus, that came wrapped in flesh so that he could become sin, so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. What he created was he created speaking beings. He gave us the power of words to declare, to decree, to bring life or to bring death. Uh, in, I think the greatest lie the, the devil ever sold to humanity was the little nursery rhyme or whatever it is, sticks and stones may break, break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It says totally contrary to what the scripture says. It says just the opposite. It says death and life is in the power of the tongue. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Now, we say that, right? (laughs) I've said that many, many times here. We said, I still believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And right now, right now, that's who he is. We say that. But do we believe that? Do we believe that? Do we believe? We say that Jesus is the answer for everything. We, you know, say, but what's the, Jesus is the answer. But do we believe that? And if we believe that, is that what we're saying when, when situations, circumstances don't look exactly like we expect them to look? In the context of the passage that I shared, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, where I took that verse, verse 13, where it says, and since we have the same spirit of faith according to that which was written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. You know what the context of that is? Verse 7, let's start in verse 7 there. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. That word excellence there, it means superiority. It literally means to throw beyond. So it means it goes far beyond anything that we can ever imagine or think. He said this excellence that's on the inside of us, verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So he said in this earthen, this vessel of clay, this body, this flesh, he said we, got, we have a treasure and this treasure is the, the surpassing, the superior power of God. Where is it? In this earthen vessel. He said, we have in this vessel the superior power of God. What does he go on to say? He said, we're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then, death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have, so in the context of what he's saying, he said, we've got this treasure in earthen vessels, that this power, this excellent supreme power is of God and not of us. And he said, in, in, so in light of that, we could be hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. What is he doing? He's declaring, do things look exactly like I want them to look? No. Does it change the truth? 
No. Does it change what he said? No. He said, we believe, so we also speak. So as I was looking at this verse, because as I said, I've been meditating on it this week. And it's not hard, as I said, this time of year, everywhere you look, there's something that says believe on it. You walk in the store, there's an ornament that says believe on it. You, you know, wherever you go, there's a, if you watch any TV, there will be a commercial on it that says something about believe. And I just began to meditate on that about, Lord, what do I really believe? <clears throat> Even, let's just go... This is Christmas, right? Everybody can agree. That's not a trick question. This is Christmas. <clears throat> and we believe that Jesus came, that he was born of a virgin, that he lived and he died so that we could be born again. Is that good news? Is that good news? All right, let me ask you. Let me, it's not a trick question, and, and it's not, let me just say it. Anybody ever got a new toy and just wanted to tell everybody about your new toy? Other than men. Come on, women, don't act like it's just men. All the men are saying amen right now, but <clears throat> it's women too. They get a new toy. It could be a little bling. could be a new car. It could be, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you got a new thing. Huh? And she's prophesying now. Help me, Jesus. She said a new stove. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. Y'all pray for me right now. She's remodeling our new kitchen piece by piece. <laughs> a little at a time. How you eat an elephant, one bite at a time. But we, we get something, and we, we like it. We're excited about it. So what do we do about it? We talk about it, right? We talk about it. I mean, this is, this is the things I've been meditating on. This isn't, you know, this is a locator. This was a locator for Todd. And I'm just thinking about that, that we get something, we talk about it. And we celebrate Christmas right now. We tell everybody. We get excited when somebody says, Merry Christmas. They said, Merry Christmas. They didn't say, Happy Holiday. Yes. Go, Jesus. Merry Christmas. And we get excited. But we believe that Christmas is about Christ, the anointed one, his anointing that destroyed the yoke, that made old things new for us, that he was born under the law, that he might redeem those that were under the law, that we're no longer a slave to sin. That's good news. That's really, really, really good news. It's not going around telling everybody you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. You're a sinner. That's not good news. It might be true, but it's not good news. We can agree with that, right? It's not good news to go up to somebody and say, you're scum. I don't care how good you think you are, you're scum. That's not good news. Good news is Jesus came. He died for me. That song, that, that hallelujah song, I don't, that part just rips me out of the frame, just the hallelujah. Then we start singing about a baby being born and him nailing him to the tree, and I just it to be a mess because I believe it. I believe it. And, and I'm, here's what the Lord is stirring in Todd. He's saying, even I, and I know it's biblical because 
the disciples did it in the book of Acts. They prayed for boldness. I'm not saying praying for boldness is wrong, but I think we need to move from our prayer closet to the marketplace with what we've been praying for and believing. And it doesn't mean that we shove Jesus down people's throat, but what it does mean is this. If we believe in something, we share what we believe in. If, if we're excited about it, Tish taught last Monday night at school up in, in Greensboro at the school they go to, and uh, she talked about a uh, heart song. Is that how you? She talked about something that's true to your heart. She talked about a lot of stuff, about the power of words and, and, and uh, sound and things like that. It was just amazing. One of the slides, I wish I would have told her, one of the slides that she put up is it was water that had different words spoken to it. And they froze the water and then shaved it and looked at it under a microscope. The word love, when the word love was spoken, when they froze it, in the center of this ice crystal was the Star of David. (laughs) Not exaggerating. Diana saw it uh, right in the center of this water that they just spoke love to. Right in the center of it was... Uh, the star of David. That's just awesome. That's just amazing. But one of the things that Tish was talking about is when you're around people and something resonates with you, she said there's like this, um, how did you say it? I don't want to. Yeah, and she, she's going to share about what she shared about here in the future because I'm not going to butcher it because I would just mutilate it. But the thing that her and I had been talking about prior to that and is about that, th- that thing. When someone speaks to the destiny on the inside of you, when someone speaks to the purpose that God created you for, there's something on the inside of you that resonates, that comes alive, that, that just comes alive. And as I've been meditating on that. I've been thinking about that. I've been saying, God, so what that means is those things that I really believe, those things that I know to be true about who I am, when I hear them, I'm just, they resonate on the inside of me. And I've started pressing into that some and say, all right, God, what does that mean? Because here's something, you know, I've said real men cry. Men who aren't real with themselves, they can't cry because they have this false image of themselves that they can't cry. I'm just kidding. I don't know what to put I'm not going to psychoanalyze anyone right now. I'm not putting anybody in a hole or in a box or anything like that. I'm just saying, real men cry. <laughs> and what I mean by that is when something touches you, you're not afraid to go, man, that moved me on the inside. So as I've been really thinking about that, I've noticed that certain things just move me. I can get just stirred up. It can be a Hallmark movie, Right? <laughs> And I've seen a few of those (laughs) since Halloween. (laughs) If you could get a package on any satellite provider that just had Hallmark, that's all we'd ever have to buy. We don't need any other channels, just Hallmark. Right, honey? Everything. Life is good in Hallmark. (laughs) But I've noticed, see, I'll be watching a movie, right? And something happened in the movie, and I just feel this on the inside of me. And I, my eyes start to water. And I look, and Tina's just doing something, probably playing Candy Crush. <laughs> no, what is it? Soda Crush, not Candy Crush. We've moved on. 
So me being the, she's multitasking, right? Women do that. They multitask. So me being the man that I am, I go, all right, God, what's wrong with me? <laughs> it's okay for men to cry, but this is crazy. What is up? And I've been saying, I've been noticing, God, there's things that you're highlighting in me. It can be compassion that you're stirring on the inside of me that says, don't look over people anymore. And you know what's so amazing about God? When you ask him to do something, he does it. You know, and I said, God, I notice I don't love like you. I want to love like you. And you know what he did? Here's what he didn't do. He didn't give me this overwhelming love, fuzzy, warm, just, oh, I'm just, I love everybody. I love every, I love cheese. I love chocolate. I love people. I love puppies. It wasn't that. You know what happened? People annoyed me. <laughs> Quick, fast, and in a hurry. I'm praying, God, I want to love like you love. And it's not like he slipped me a Mickey. He was saying, okay, what I'm going to do is give you opportunities to love like I love because they crucified me. And I said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. So I'm riding down the road, and I'm meditating on the Lord. And I want to love like you, love, love, Lord. And then the situation arises. I'm like, I could smack somebody <laughs> right now, and it would feel good. It would feel so good right now, just right now. <laughs> Jesus is alive. And I'm like, what the what? And he said, see, my love. It is emotional. It is warm and fuzzy, but my love is sacrificial. My love says I'll give it when it's not deserved. And what I want you to be around is some people who don't deserve it so you know how to love like I love. And I said, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe that I can make it through this without chewing my tongue off, without saying anything I shouldn't say. I believe you, Lord. And he put me around people that I like a lot who were just like somebody drank all the milk and licked all the red off the candy cane. So they had no milk for the Cheerios and no candy, no red swirls on the candy cane. And I really liked these people, right? I really, really like them. But they were very, 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 very annoying. They weren't having a good day. And no matter what I tried to do to help them have a good day, it just got worse. And I'm like, I don't care, Jesus. I don't care if I love anybody like you love them right now. I just get me out of here. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Oh, amen. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. Hallelujah. <sighs> but he said, those things that you really believe, even when your emotions don't line up, you won't abort them. You won't abort them. You'll stay true to it, even when it doesn't feel well, even when it doesn't look right. When you really believe it, you'll stay true. And I'm telling you, when these things, it was almost comical. If it wasn't hurt so bad, it would have been funny. The, the things that I was processing on the inside of me when I'm saying, Jesus, I want to love like you. And then these things that were just little things would just set me off. And I'm having to deal with this on the inside. I'm saying, all right, Jesus, I understand that your love wouldn't react this way. Your love wouldn't say these things, so I'm not going to say anything. You ever tried that before? You know, what's the old saying? If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. It'd be a quiet world, wouldn't it? It would just be a quiet world if we really, really did that. If I don't have anything good to say, I'm not going to say anything at all. 
No, you know what we should do? We should say something good, even when we don't feel like saying something good. Because if we believe the power of the word that he said it is, and that's some of the stuff that Tish talked about that was so powerful uh, last Monday night. If we believe the power of the word, and, the, and uh, I went up to Tish and said this afterwards. She, she talked about how when we speak uh, to our bodies, when we speak death to a, a sickness or something like that, there is actual... There's something that happens, not just spiritual, but physical, to that thing that you speak death to. She had rice that had been cursed and things like that, and, and it's amazing. This natural thing. These were scientific experiments that man did apart from God, and it showed the power of words and how it, how it putrefied things by speaking death. This, the flip of that is, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, yep. You should speak death to those things that are bringing death, but you should also speak life to the body. So we can speak to sickness and we can curse sickness, but the flip side of that is what we need to be speaking is life into the cells of their body, wholeness into their being, right? If we believe there's power in our words. So those are the things, this is where my mind's just been like running because I've been meditating on God. What do I really believe? Because what I really believe, I'm going to speak. What I really believe, I'm going to say. And, and, and if I really believe this, then when I say it, it has power to it. Because God said, I created you to create. Because we were created in his image. And how did he create? He created with words. So he said, I've created you to create. So what are you creating? What are you creating? What are we saying according to what, what we really believe? And here's what was so awesome. Uh, as I went into that verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he said, uh, just a few four words I want to pull out. <clears throat> we have, the word have, same, believe, and speak. Are you with me? Those four words in that passage of Scripture. He says, we have the same spirit of faith. Uh, so we have what do we have? We have the same spirit of faith according to what is written. I believe, therefore, I spoke. We also believe, therefore, we speak. So that word have there, we have, uh, it says this, to have or possess, to own. It mean, and it's in the present active tense. So it doesn't mean it's something that we owned. It's something that we own right now. It's present and it's active. It's continuous. We have the same spirit of faith. So who's he talking to? He's talking to believers. Remember, he said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So we have, we possess it right now. So what is that saying? Listen to me. Everybody wake up. Here's what it's saying. It's not something we have to beg God to get. We don't have to fast and pray. It's not something at one place, at some point in time when we get mature enough, it'll be ours. Right now, we have the same. The word same means this, pertaining to that which is identical. Wow. Identical. The exact same. Right now, current, we possess what do we possess right now that's current, it's identical, the power? Where is it? In this earthen vessel. Where is it? Is it in my flesh? It's in my spirit that's contained in this earthen vessel. Right now is the same power. I possess it 
continuously. Right now, it's active. So since I have that, what is the natural result? In this verse, right here in this one verse, it's, it's right there, all of it. He said, since we have right now, we possess it, the identical spirit of faith, there's something that should be done with it. And what is it? We believe and we speak. You can't separate them. Are you with me? In, here, contained. And he talked about being pressed down but not destroyed. You with me? He said, when we have it, when do we have it? When do we have it? Now. What does it look like? It's identical to what Jesus had. Right? I'm not taking liberty. I'm just taking you straight from the Scripture. We have it. When do we have it? We have it now. So what do we do? We believe. The word believe there is to have strong confidence or reliance to believe something to be true and worthy to be trusted. So we speak. In the word speak there, this is speak is real deep. It means to express in speech, to tell or to talk. So it's not a thought. It's not just a meditation of my mind. Are you with me? He said, we believe, therefore we speak. Now, this is in the verb tense, present, active, indicative. And it means this. Present means it's contemporaneous. Everybody know what that means, right? No, I didn't think so. I didn't either. That's why I put the definition in here. It means existing, occurring, or beginning at the same time or during the same period. So he said it's present. When he said that we have the same spirit of faith, therefore we believe. So it's contemporary. It means it's at the exact same time and it's continuous. It wasn't something that happened in the past. I did believe when I accepted Jesus as Savior. That was in the past. But my believing didn't stop there. You know what I've seen in a lot of people's lives? That's where it stopped. They believed that Jesus could save them. And then after that, faith dwindled because they believed in the past. Are you a believer? Yeah, I believed on Jesus. Tell me your testimony. I got saved when I was 12 years old. That was your born-again experience. But your testimony is who is Jesus to you right now? Who is he right now? Are you still a believer? Believing, current, present tense, present right now. What are we believing for? Uh, most everybody in here knows that Josh and him in a few weeks are going to uh, Europe. For how many days? 15 days. It's amazing. They met with Tina and I months ago uh, and said, man, this is something last year that God spoke to her heart. It was so amazing. When God first spoke it to Emily, they told, he told her when they would be going and that she would have a son. They weren't pregnant at the time. That they would have a son, and here's how old the son would be. And it would be in January of 2016, and they would have a son that would be three months old. And when the Lord gave her that word, I think she was here in worship. When the Lord gave her that word, she wasn't pregnant. A year and a half before. Come on, that just ran all over me. That's just amazing. But they met and they said, this is what we feel like the Lord's having our heart. We've got to walk this out. So we, Tina and I, we said, man, we believe this is the Lord. We prayed with them and agreed with them. And through the process, they've walked it out. It's been beautiful. It's been like a flowered garden in the middle of spring. No, it hadn't. They've been pressed down. They've, this, first, this 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 7 through 13, some stuff they've walked through. 
people they knew and didn't know, persecuted them, told them it was crazy. I mean, who wouldn't want to take a trip to Europe and let somebody else pay for it, right? <laughs> I know, I know, Josh is in here, you're trying to be good. <laughs> but things like that were said, but they, they I, and I told Josh over and over, I said, man, I believe this is the Lord. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but you've got to stay true to who God's told you and what he's told you to do. And I said, you watch. This is going to be one of those things that where no one can take the credit for it. The only God can. The only God can take the credit for this. And, and he was like, I said, so what are you going to be doing? He said, I don't, I don't know yet. <laughs> he said, we're still working on it. We're talking with them. And through the process of time, it would have been easy to get discouraged and to quit and to abort. They said, no, we're going to do we're going to stay with it. We're going to press in. Whatever the Lord puts on our heart to do, we're going to do it. God started meeting with them. And you know, that's what's so amazing. When we do what God's doing, it's not asking him to come and bless our thing. It's just saying, God, I want to be obedient to your thing. And if this is what you're doing, then you'll, you'll take care of it. And, and uh, we've, I've seen the Lord in their faithfulness cut what they, almost in half what they thought the cost was originally was going to be of the trip. And then saw, I saw the money come in supernaturally. And as the money was coming in, the clarity of what they were going to be doing, the direction of what they were going to be doing came in as well. So they're going to be, it's amazing. And I'm not going to share it all. You can talk with Josh and Emily afterwards and just say, man, tell me about it. But I said all that to say, as our belief, our walk in believing, there's, there's speaking to it. They began to speak about it. They began to talk about it. They began to share it. It was real to them, and they began to share it. Even when they didn't have all the answers, they began to share it. You know, that's so important and so powerful in our lives. We say, I would talk to somebody about Jesus, but I don't have a lot to say. My testimony is not like your testimony. Here's what I've noticed about him. He said, don't take any thought when you stand before those in authority and or your family or anything. He said, you just open your mouth and let me feel it. But if we haven't believed for anything since we got born again, it's hard to open our mouth. Amen. But this believing, it's a process. It's a journey of saying yes to him and saying, God, I'm going to do what I feel that you've told me to do. With the wisdom and the understanding that I have, I'm going to walk it out, and I'm going to let you be God. And as we walk out in faith, God says, that's what I was looking for. So our testimony is not what God did when we got born again. That's our born again experience. But our testimony is this is what I'm believing God for today, and here's what he's done. So to date, over $6,000, is that right? $5,300 has come in. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And Josh said when they, when they started, he said, God has to do this. We can't do it. We do not have the money to do this. And I'm like, you know, I'll be real. When they were talking about it the first time, I'm like, man, that's a lot of money. Jesus, where are you going to get that money? You can do it. You can do it. Jesus, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you can do it. Hallelujah. And it wasn't, I mean, it was just real. I knew in my heart. And as I look at that and I go, man, that's what faith, that's what believing is. Believing is not that I have all the answers or that even the answers that I have don't line up perfectly with what I believe. I still, I'm still going to walk and do what you told me to do. And it's not something that happened. It's present. It's active. The word active means this. It's an action that was accomplished by the subject. Uh, so 
in this context, it's me. We have what? The same identical spirit of faith that we believe. We believe right now, continuously, contemporaneously. So there was a time that it started and it continued. And it goes, it's active. So it's accomplished by me, not someone else. Are you listening to me? So your believing can't be done by somebody else. Help me, Jesus. Can we agree with people in prayer? Absolutely. But if your, if your belief and your faith is in what they believe, you're lacking. We have to believe. It has to be ours and active on us. And then the indicative means it's an assertion of, it's an emphatic statement of fact. So we believe emphatically right now that it's ours and that it's active. And he says, we believe, and the word believe, again, is to have strong confidence and reliance to believe something to be true or worthy to be trusted. So we speak. We speak when? We speak right now. We continue to speak. It's not something we did in the past. We, we speak, uh, and it's a fact that this is who we are, that we believe, and that we have the same spirit of faith. And as I was, as I was thinking about this, the Lord, he spoke this to my heart. The fact is this. Belief and unbelief both speak. We have to decide which one we're going to partner with and speak. Belief and unbelief speak. They will, they refuse to be silent. Belief and unbelief speak. They refuse to be silent. The power that we have is we have the power to choose who we're going to partner with. Now, believers can still speak unbelief. But he said, I've given you the power to speak belief. And I said this earlier, but I'll say it again. We will and we do speak what we believe, not just what we know. We can know what's right, but we can still speak what's wrong. <laughs> Help us, Jesus. Proverbs 18, 20, 21 says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 13, 3, He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Last one, Matthew 15, 10 and 11. When he called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Jesus speaking, hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of his mouth, this defiles a man. It's not what comes into a man that defiles him, it's what comes out of him that defiles him. God said, let's create man in our image. God created man. Then God said to man, guess what? You're created in my image. Have dominion. We, we sing about Jesus. We sing about a baby. We sing about him dying on the cross. And we look back to a time when we believed in him to be our Savior. What I want to encourage us, us, me included in, is as we Press toward Christmas. Let's examine truthfully with ourselves 
And be transparent with the Lord and say, Lord, what do I believe? Not what do I know, because we know a lot. But what do I believe? And God, those areas that I believe, but I'm not speaking, give me wisdom. Give me clarity, and I will walk in boldness to speak in those areas. So I want to encourage you. It's Christmas. We're believing. Some are believing for special presents under the tree. They've hinted and hinted and hinted again, and they're believing for special things, and they're believing, they're believing, they're believing, they're believing. I want to encourage us as a body. We say, I believe in Jesus. I believe in uh, you know, we're going to eventually sing that song, and I, uh, told, I talked to Mel yesterday, and I said, you ready to pull this one out? She said, we're going to sing it, but it won't be tomorrow. You know, the song, we believe, we believe in God the Father, we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in, yeah. I'm not going to sing it, because that's all I know. <laughs> but I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you. You know, even the thing that I said earlier about if you were given $10 every time you blessed someone or spoke well of someone, or you had to give $5 every time you spoke negative of someone, at the end of the year, would you be richer or poorer in sickness and in health? I'm sorry. I want to encourage you. If there are things that you know, that you know, that you know, that you believe, but the enemy has convinced you to be quiet about it, I want to encourage you, start speaking. Because you have the same spirit of faith. And when you speak, and the Lord, I'm telling you, this has been a process of months that he's began. As I've been meditating on believing, and here he said, we have the same spirit of faith, so we speak, we believe, therefore we speak. He showed me in areas where I got quiet. Because, you know, here's what our tendency is. Well, I don't want to say anything wrong, so I won't say anything. So we just get quiet. And you know what we do when we get quiet? We get secluded. We pull away. We don't talk to anyone because we don't want to say the wrong thing instead of saying the right thing. Does that make sense? Instead of declaring truth, we say, I won't say a lie. I'm not going to agree with the lie. I'm not going to agree with what the, the lie the devil's told me. But we don't do the opposite and we don't speak truth. And if we believe that there's life in our words, then when we speak truth, what truth does, we don't even have to focus on the lie because truth will defeat the lie. Amen. So I encourage you, as we approach Friday morning, when everyone will celebrate the birth of Jesus and, you know, our family will read the Christmas story. I was going to read it to you this morning, but I talked too much. We re- we'll read that Christmas story and we'll talk, we'll think about what Jesus did, that he came and he did this for us. I want to encourage you between now and then, be meditating on the Lord and say, God, what are the things that I believe that I haven't spoken about? As I, as I go into meetings with family and extended family that I don't see most of the time, what are things that I believe that they may even know I believe, but I don't talk about? Are you with me? And then say, God, I want to start speaking. I want to say the same thing you say. What did Jesus say? I only say what I hear my father say. Jesus, that's who I want to be. This Christmas, not go into the family thing and be the, the religious nut that just wants to tell everybody they're going to hell. Remember, that's not good news. Good news is Jesus loves you right where you're at. And no matter what shortcomings we have, his power is strong enough.
to give life and strength where there's death. Amen.